You know, guilt is a lie. Condemnation is a lie. And as we were up here praying just a little bit ago, and um, and God was working in, in many of us over just what we've been through this week, been through a lot, been through a lot this week. We fought some battles this week. And you know the reason is because we have much of our church, we're focused on praying for our pastor, and the devil wants to come get us distracted to pray about something else. That's the reason that it happens. And that is the reason that those feelings of guilt and shame that come on us when we go through, when we mess up, that's the reason that those are a lie. Because... The devil doesn't care about you, and God doesn't care what you did, or he wouldn't have saved you to begin with. That's why I said there's now therefore no condemnation for those who are in me. Joshua 5, 9 says that I have rolled the reproach away that was on you when you were in sin. Hallelujah. He's rolled the reproach away. Did, did the devil come and mess with you? Yeah. Did maybe you even respond in not the righteous, most righteous way to the situation? Maybe. But God has rolled that reproach away. There is no shame in God. Because all God's worried about you doing is getting up and doing what he told you to do. That's it. And shame and guilt come to make us not get up and do what he told us to do. Amen. I'm, I'm going, we're going to get a revelation on it before we leave. So, if you pay much attention to me today, you'll see that I'm barely walking. <laughs> I'm sore. I uh, took my beautiful daughter to a 5K. But I did not prepare for the 5K. You see? I, I, I ran once about three weeks ago. You know how once in a while you feel like you don't get healthy and you, you jump up one day and do something. I ran around the block just once. We do have like a double block, though. So, I mean, it was a little bit further than a normal block. And um, just once. That was enough for me. And that was like three or four weeks ago. And so I, um, by the time Wednesday, I was thinking to myself, man, I really, I'm, I'm going to get up and do 3.2 miles. I've got to. I got to get myself together, and I never did. And by the time Wednesday rolled around, I said, well, at this point, if I get up and run, I'm going to be too sore. So I might as well just grit my teeth and bear whatever comes with, with this 5K. Um, and that's what I did. But I got a revelation in this 5K. So the reason it was difficult on me it's very plain to all of us. I did not prepare to run in the 5K. Amen? The First Corinthians chapter 9, Paul gives us a very similar situation. Now, if I had prepared, I would not be in pain today. I would not, I would not, I would be able to actually dance and praise God and not do like this. 
Um, but I did not prepare myself. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I'm going to start in verse 24. Paul's talking about running a race. It's funny. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. Uh, therefore, so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beats the air, uh, as a shadow boxer is, is what that means. But I keep under my body, I buffet my body, I bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. God began to show me something as I was on that halfway back. When I had turned around, I was on my halfway back. Because when I made the, ha- the turn at the halfway point, I realized I'm not that far behind Gracie. I could probably catch up to her. And then, you know, she's not going to laugh at her, her old dad who she beat so bad in the race. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch up to her and I'm going to show her. And, I, and that was when I hurt myself because I was just going along at my own pace, you know. But I decided I wanted to be somebody different than who I am. Me, who did not prepare for this race. I was not, a, I wanted to act like somebody who did prepare for the race, who had conditioned themselves to be able to get up and do this. I'd run a little and walk a little, you know, but then I about kill myself. And, and, I'm, and I'm, I didn't get very far, y'all trying to catch up with her. I gave up. But I, um, I said, and I'm running, and I stop and I walk, and I say, God, you know, when I normally, whenever I'm normally out running, I put on my praise and worship music. I, I have my praise and worship music on, you know, the fast stuff, keep you on the go. And, um, And I was just, I was panting and walking. And I said, why is this so hard? I said, it's hard to run. And I haven't gotten into your presence while I'm running either. And that's probably why it's hard. Because half the time I'm out there, I'm just praising God. I've got my hands going in the air. I look like a fool. But I'm going down the road. Now, I don't even stop to think about it. I'm having a good time. And the Holy Ghost makes it all smooth. I said, so I, I don't feel no breakthrough. I ain't connected with you. I've been praying for 45 minutes out here, Jesus. And um, and I'm, this is hard. This is hard. And God spoke to me. He said, because you're not being you. You're trying to be Gracie. We get so much, we get in so much trouble. And we invite so much condemnation and guilt on ourselves when we are running this race and we're trying to run it like somebody who has conditioned themselves more than us. There's no guilt or condemnation on the fact that you have not conditioned yourself at the same level as Pastor Angie or as Mar Cirillo or as Elder Barbara or as anyone else. It's just the reality. You haven't conditioned yourself. You can condition yourself to get to that place. But if you haven't, you can't expect to run the race the same speed that they're running it. 
that's not, okay, I'm not putting more condemnation on you, understand? This is about freedom, because it's okay to be at the level you are. We get in condemnation when I'm at this level, but I expect to be at this level, and I want to operate at this level, but I'm really only at this level. I hurt myself. I'm stiff. And so are because I thought I could operate at this level, but I had only trained at this level. I still did good. My best time ever in a 5K. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So it didn't matter. <laughs> but I, my problem came when I wanted to operate up here. But my skill set was down here. Now, we... You know, I think the media gives us this mindset. Y'all don't hear me get on the media very often, but this time I'm going to. I think they give us this mindset. The things we watch on TV, the movies we watch, because, you know, Rocky went from a loser to a champion, championship ready in a three-minute montage to Eye of the Tiger. And he was ready. It was... And he won. I mean, he was, he was good. Three minutes. Run up and down them steps, jump up and down, and he's done. And so we have an expectation. We, I think we just get subconsciously programmed that that's the, because it doesn't make a good movie if, if you show like six years of preparation to be here. That doesn't, that's not a good movie. It's not compelling entertainment. So... It, but it's also not reality. I can't go be championship ready by listening to Eye of the Tiger one time and running up and down some steps. That will not happen. I can't be ready for a 5K by running around the block one time three weeks ago. It's just not reality. And so I can't be discouraged when I have not prepared myself in the years of prayer, the life of being laid down in prayer, if I don't operate at the same level as somebody else that I see them operating at. I get saved and I'm excited and I'm ready to go, but I'm not here. I'm here. But here is where I'm supposed to be. You understand? It's not a low thing. This is where I'm supposed to be. I'm at the beginning of my journey. Some of us have been saved a long time. We're still at the beginning of our journey. But it's because I try to do this and I fail because I'm not ready for this. Or I do it and I can do it for a little while, but I tire myself out so much. So I, I thought I could be this. I'm really this. But I, I operated at like the middle level, but it about killed me. I got back up there. I thought they've got some fruit up here. I feel horrible, I'm going to, but I should probably put something in my belly. I almost threw up. It was bad. Because I didn't operate, I didn't do what I, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I didn't act like what I had trained to be. Now I can train some more before Sister Monica's Mission 5K. Yes, we're going to train some more. I'm going to do what Paul says, I'm going to buffet my body. He says it right here, though. This is the truth that Paul is saying. And, and I skip over, we skip over this scripture. We kind of we make it easy to understand. But what the truth here really is, 
it's okay to be where I'm at. But if I want to operate up here, there's a long progress. My victory is in moving from right here to right here. That's my victory. It's not in acting like all of this space is doesn't here. And I can just jump up here. And I jump up here and I get discouraged because I can't do up here. So we say, I cussed somebody out yesterday. I'm back down here. I'm so horrible. I'm a horrible Christian. But did you use fewer cuss words than maybe you would have normally not used? I mean, let's celebrate those little small. <laughs> let's celebrate those little small improvements. I said to someone one time, I said, they got discouraged because they, they were on fire for God and they knew they was never going to do drugs again, but they went back into drugs. It happens, right? And I said, but maybe did you just resist it maybe 20 minutes longer than you normally would have? Because that is a victory. That is victory. That's moving from right here to right here. That's not moving. We don't move from right here to right here. We think we should, and when we don't, we could under guilt and condemnation, and then we never get to here because we never are happy and celebrate God moving me from step one to step two to step three and on up. Because it's okay that I'm me at whatever level I'm at because that's where I'm supposed to be. I operate there. Now, I should, if I'm on step two, I should operate at step two with everything in me. And when God calls me up to give up a little bit more and to lay my life down a little bit more, then I operate at that level with everything in me. Everything. I put all of myself into it, and I'm happy with being right there. And I'm okay being right there. I'm not disqualified from the kingdom of God being where I'm at. Amen? Hallelujah. I heard... uh, Someone at the ramp preach, and I've shared this at prayer a couple times, but it, it just bears repeating. I heard someone at the ramp preach uh, about insecurity. And he said that insecurity is really pride. And I know that's difficult for us to grasp sometimes, that if I'm insecure, I think I'm the least prideful person in the world. But insecurity is really pride, and this is why. Because why am I insecure? It's because I look at something that somebody else has, that's something that somebody else can do better than me, and I want what they have. I'm prideful because I don't want what I have. I want what they have. And that is the essence of pride is that I'm too good for what I've got. I want what you've got. And that's where insecurity comes from because I'm not Pastor Angie. I will never, ever, ever be Pastor Angie. Pastor Angie will never be Pastor Aline. She never will. She has grown into her own own anointing that's just hers. That's just hers. She paid the price for that anointing. And while there is a, a mantle over this ministry that came on her, that comes on anyone that wants to be a part of it, each one of us has our own anointing that we operate in the way God tells us to operate in. So I can't, it's, insecurity comes in when I look and say, I can't do it like Pastor Angie can do it. So I can't do it good enough. Mm-mm. 
You'll never, ever do it the way I do it, the way Elder Barber does it, the way Brother Timmy, do, Evangelist Timmy does it, the way Brother Ernie does it. You'll never do it because you're not them, and that is freedom. I'm not you. I'm not ever going to do what you do. I'm never going to win a five game. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say that I may. But I probably won't because I'm not willing to do the work that it takes to get there. Let's just be honest. I probably won't. If I'm ever willing to do the work that it takes to get there, I will probably win a 5K. Especially if I pick the right one. I mean, I've already been eyeballing. Okay, so not the one that those people go to. (laughs) So, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised before by his prophets, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power. So first of all, he starts off by saying that he's a slave. I'm a servant. But I'm called an apostle. Okay, I know who I am. And I know who you say I am. I'm going to acknowledge both of them. He says, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are you also called of Jesus Christ. Let's look at that part. Paul says, I'm a servant. I'm a slave to Jesus. A bond servant is what that actually means. That means I was worthless in my own self, and so much so that I'm in debt that I can never pay, and so I give myself to you as a bond servant to do whatever you want me to do, to work for you forever, because I can never repay you what I owe you for what you've done for me. So I'm a bond servant. I'm nothing. He says, but I'm called an apostle. And he goes on to say, by whom, who, by Jesus, with power according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection of the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship. We have all received our place in God through his grace. And he says, among Go back to that last one, number five, I believe. Among whom are you also called? The next one, I think. There it is. Among whom are you also the called of Jesus Christ? Every one of us is called, but we're not all called to be Paul. And Paul was acknowledging that and saying, every one of you is called. You're not me. I'm not even the person you think I am. I'm just me. And I just do what God tells me to do. And that's it. And you're called, too, to just do that. To just do what God told you to do. Amen? And there's no guilt, there's no shame in where you are. Amen? Because that's just a lie. Um, we were at prayer yesterday, and 
Josh Jenkins had an amazing revelation as we were talking kind of through some of this. Uh, so I want to make sure that he gets the credit. For I told him I was going to give you credit for it. Um, but I told him I was going to say it too. <laughs> so, uh, in Genesis, uh, we see this principle at work with Cain and Abel. Abel gave an offering to God that God received. And Cain gave an offering to God that God did not receive. And so instead of Cain saying, okay, I've, I've messed up, God. What do you, how do I give the right kind of offering? And figuring that out. Because he got mad because he felt guilty. And when we feel guilty, a lot of times we want to push that guilt off. We get mad so we can get rid of guilt, make it somebody else's fault. So it wasn't his fault anymore. It was Abel's fault because Abel got accepted by God and he's mad at Abel. And God told Cain, he said, if you, had not, if you just would go do right, if you go do good, I'll receive your offering. Now, I don't know why he didn't like his offering. Maybe it wasn't a good enough offering. Maybe he was being greedy. Um, maybe it was the wrong thing. Maybe God told him to do something else. I don't know why. But instead of Cain saying, okay, I'm going back and I'm going to figure out how to move up from this level to the next level. He said, I don't want what I have anymore. I want what Abel has. Being a gardener isn't good enough. He's called, apparently, to be a gardener. Was anointed to be a gardener. And he said, this isn't good enough because God didn't like what I did this time. I tried to be up here, I'm really right here, and I failed and I'm discouraged. And so it's not good enough. I don't want to be a gardener anymore. I want whatever Abel has, and he go went and killed Abel. We do the same thing. I try. It doesn't work out. That's okay. But we get mad about it. <clears throat> And we do one of a couple things. We get mad and we say, this don't work. This does not work for me. I tried it. I'm still broke. I tried it. My husband still beats me. I tried it. I'm still depressed. I'm tried it and I can't get out of this, of this addiction that I'm, that's holding me. I've tried it and I can't. And so it doesn't work. It must not be real. It doesn't work. Or I'm so bad it doesn't work for me. I recognize maybe it works for you, but it doesn't work for me. Or we just go on and we beat ourselves up. And we're going to keep trying to be that other person. I'm going to keep trying to be Pastor Angie, but I'm never going to be her. I'll keep trying to be Elder Barbara. I'm never going to be her. I'm going to keep trying to be Michelle. I'll never be her. I will never be these people because I was created with my own destiny. I was created with my own purpose. God purposed my own anointing in me. I will do things that Pastor Angie would never do. Doesn't mean it's better or worse. It just means she would never do it because she's her and I'm me. You will do things that will never cross my mind, never cross Pastor Angie's mind to even think of. You will do them because you are you. I'm not you. You are not me. And if, we ne and if we never accept and realize that I am who I am because God made me 
who I am. There is a purpose and an anointing that's just mine that nobody else can do. And if we, don't, if we never embrace that and run the race with it, if we never lay our life down and prepare myself, not to be up here, but I begin to prepare myself to go to the next level, to the next level, to the next level, and what God has called me to do, then the entire body of Christ suffers. It's not just you saying in your own little mess that suffers. The entire body of Christ suffers because we need you. Nobody's going to do what you will do. None of you, there is not a person here under the sound of my voice that is so insignificant, so bad, so messed up that God won't use you to do things that nobody else in the entire world will ever do. We need each one of you. God needs each one of you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to wrap it up pretty quickly. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. My works that God ordained for me to walk in, not yours, not a general sense. There are things that everybody's supposed to do. It's yours. It's your responsibility to do them. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who were uncircumcised, that means you were heathens and crazy, by which called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant promises of God, having no hope and without God in the world, But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, and you're made close to Jesus by his blood. Amen? For he is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition. Hallelujah. Having abolished in the flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity of the cross, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off. And he goes on and says, you're no, no more strangers and foreigners, but you are now fellow citizens with the saints. He just spent several lines explaining how these folks was heathens and crazy and outside of God. But he says that they were ordained for a purpose. They are the workmanship of God. And they were ordained to do a thing. And that through Jesus, they were made one with everyone else who was way up here. All the saints, all the people who gave, the, who spent their whole life, spent their whole life serving God. Some of you look at us and think we spent, I'd say probably have spent my whole life serving God, but not everybody in this church has. Got saved when I was five. Amen. And stayed saved. Thank you, Jesus. But, but that's okay because that's me. 
And we have plenty of testimonies of people in this church who was on drugs, who was in all kind of sin, and God redeemed them out of it. And, and nobody looks at where I, at, well, Casey did this, so he must be, no, I'm, I'm where I am. And Elder Barbara is where she is, and Evangelist Timmy is where he's at. Pastor Angie's where she's at. And everybody came from different places, did different things in the past. Made different choices. But we all ended up right here because, because I didn't give up. I just kept on going. I didn't let me feeling guilty or ashamed keep me down. I just let it go and I said, I'm going after God. Y'all, and it's not that big a deal. I mean, I was raised in a real religious church, and so I had to unlearn more than some, some folks had to learn before I could learn anything. So, <clears throat> I'm not boasting. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> I'm just going to paraphrase the next one because I, I, I know I want to move on, but in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, y'all can look it up. Um, it's where Paul says, I'm made to be me. I'm just made to be who I am. Um, actually, I am going to read just a little bit of it. He says, do you look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think again that as he is Christ, even so we are, are we Christ." For though I should boast somewhat more of my authority, which the Lord has given us for edification, not for your destruction, I should not be ashamed that I may not seem as if I would terrify you by letters. For his letters say they are weighty and powerful. This is what people say about him. This is what Paul thought people said about him, that his letters are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech is contemptible. Let such a one think this, that such as we are in the word by letters when we are absent, such will we be also indeed when we are present. So he's saying, Paul, Paul, who wrote a bunch of the New Testament, two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul believed, Paul felt insecure, is, is really what I see here. Because he's saying, I believe when I get there, what people say about me, the things that people say about Paul are, if they've read his letters, they think he's powerful. But if they see me in person, they think I'm weak. When they look at me, they think I'm not, I'm not anything to be impressed by. When they hear me speak, they think he can't speak and that he's horrible at it. That I really, really, I don't even like his voice so much, I don't even want to hear him. That's, that's what he's saying. He says, but... But I assure you, when I come, the power of God's going to be with me. Because just like it is in my letter to you, when I come, the power of God's going to be with me. But we see, though, that even Paul struggled with those feelings of, I'm not, I'm not measuring up to what these people expect out of me. I'm not measuring up to the expectations that I've put on myself. I look in the mirror, and I see ugly I look in the mirror and I see somebody who when I get there, they're going to think that I'm nothing. How many of us have ever done that? We looked in the mirror and we say, I, when I get, but Paul did it too. So that's why there's no condemnation. 
Thank you, Jesus. If Paul, if Paul dealt with it, I can deal with it and not feel condemned. Amen. So he said, I'm worried that when I get there, they're not going to think I'm anything. But I promise, I promise I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. But Paul knew who he was. He had those thoughts that we all get that come against it, that came against his mind and said, they're not going to think you're anything. You can't do it. When you get there, they're going to take one look at you, and they're going to be like, we listened to this fella with his last letter? We changed our whole church up over this guy. And he thought they were going to think he was contemptible. But we know Paul. You all know the first time I heard Morris Cirilla speak, I was... um, I was shocked at his voice. Uh, he didn't sound like, because I thought, I've heard about Morris Cirillo for years, and I heard his voice, and I, and I just, I had in my mind this booming voice of God is what I expected. It's what I expected to hear. I expected it to like rattle me to my core. But I learned that whatever his voice sounded like, it was the voice of God. It was the voice of God. Jesus. So those things don't matter. Those things don't matter. Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. The reason we feel guilt is because we try to operate here when we're supposed to be trying to take our next step up from where we're at. And so we want to pray for those of you, and and it's in whatever area of your life where you feel like you have tried and you have tried. You've spoken the word over yourself. You've got in the word. You've prayed. And you have tried to be this. And you've been discouraged because you've just never made it to that. Amen? Amen? I saw a bunch of hands go up when I asked earlier if, if we've ever done that. So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand again. But if you have felt, if, if that is the pattern you see in your life, if you felt you came up here and you felt one of the attacks that was against you this week was that guilt and condemnation, I'm just not good enough, I failed again, I messed up again. <laughs> 